This is The After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Thursday. Hey, Kim. Hey. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Just some good. last minute clicking. Some last minute yeah. click. Are you clicking to start yeah. off the storm over there? Got that mm. click on things, and then I got to click on the YouTube. And then right. Click on all of it. You know what I right. wanted to show you? Oh. And I just found this. So this is a fly by the seat of my pants moment. I know you lo- love that. That's your favorite thing about me. It's a real stretch. I, I wanted to show you. <laughs> and I, I know neither of us are super uber sports fans people. However, you know, I'm all for a good party. And apparently Boudin, the bakery in San Francisco, right. they're doing this um, Super Bowl bread. See, it's like the, the bread oh, looks yeah. like a football. Yeah. Look at that. Little football breads you can buy at Boudin. 22 bucks each for a football bread. Oh, wow. But they're having this contest where you can enter online to win football bread for Super Bowl Sunday. Anyway, okay. I just thought it was kind of interesting uh, and cute. The The bread is kind of good looking. What, Look at that. Um, what, what I got yesterday was a Super Bowl football cookie at Pete's Coffee. So I guess everybody's everybody's getting in on it. You know, everybody has their uh, their Super Bowl thing that they're doing. Did I just freeze up or did you freeze up? I think you froze up. But okay. what I was saying is I um, my thing is I've been going to Pete's and uh, yeah. and they have a Super Bowl cookie. Oh. So it's like a red and it's a, well, red cookies golden. So it's like red and gold. Is it a 49er so, cookie? For uh, I think it's, yeah, it's probably meant to be because it's a Bay yeah. Area company. Um, but it's got red sprinkles on it and I normally don't, ha- I mean, I don't normally touch the cookies, but you know. Red sprinkles. Yeah, Sometimes red you, know, sprinkles. you see the red sprinkles. Calls you to, to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know what else calls to people? What? what people call to Uh-oh. is Waymo. No. We just can't get away from this Waymo story. Yeah. Did you hear the latest one? <laughs> uh, we're seeing, uh, of course, uh, incidents. This is ABC7 here. They're saying we are also seeing reports of incidents in San Francisco involving passengers and a cyclist. A couple of minutes into a Waymo ride, Robert Moreno said the cool feeling of getting an invitation to ride in a driverless vehicle quickly shifted. Some panic set in just all in the situation on Saturday. Robert and his husband said a person who looked homeless was trying to cover the sensors of the vehicle as the light turned green. Oh, no. We felt trapped in the sense that we didn't know what to do in that instance. We didn't really have an understanding. Do we get out? Was it safe to get out of the car? It was nighttime. It was pouring rain. Um, yeah, so you you can imagine, you know, if you're uh, walking outside, he said you could have walked away, run away. But if we were driving, we could have, you know, made sure we locked the door. In instance, we literally had no control. Um, Robert tapped the support button and Waymo staff spoke to the couple in the vehicle. Minutes later, the person who tried to cover the sensors walked away. Uh, Waymo emailed them, citing in part, when a pedestrian attacks the vehicle, we advise riders to remain inside the vehicle. That's Um, scary, though, because when you're driving a car, I mean, you can try to get away from the person. You can reverse. You can, you know, go through a red light if you're being attacked, like, you you know, and it's safe or whatever. But you have no control if you're there in the back seat. You're kind of at the mercy of who's ever attacking the car. And what if they try to bash in the windows or something? Yeah, I hope they have strong windows. They probably, well, probably <sighs> that'll probably be the next thing. We're kind of beta testing this whole like survival with, uh, you know, our overlords and our AI. They spoke to a professor at UC Berkeley, and he said uh, when those sensors are blocked, it's the equivalent to basically putting a blindfold over the eyes of a driver, and they're unable to move. No, oh, that's so scary. Yeah. See, these scary. are the things I'm telling you. Keep in mind. Yeah, frightening. 
I have a story coming up in the show about a design of a a new electric vehicle and it Mm -hmm. has no back window. We'll take a look at it. Right. It's, but it's the same kind of thing. It's like, well, what if the cameras fail? Well, what if these things happen? What if someone puts their thumb over the camera? What if all of these different scenarios and then you're like, you can't see anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's go to this polar bear picture because it's so beautiful but we want to thank those who um sent the story in dl and yeah. square both sent us um this photo and this story pretty cool thank oh, you guys thank you both for sending this in because i don't know if i would have seen it and it's really incredible this polar bear carved out a little ice bed this picture was taken um by nima sirakani it Sounds is a persian this image of this polar bear sleeping on sea ice has won one of the most prestigious wildlife photography awards. Um, it is called the ice bed, this picture, and it was captured in Norway. It is so beautiful. This person spent three days looking for polar bears while aboard an exploration vessel in the area. But apparently there was really thick fog and it was really hard to see. But then as the ship came across some sea ice, he saw it. Two polar bears. Mm -hmm. Those on board the ship tracked them for eight hours. And just before midnight, the moment that they say resonated with people worldwide finally happened. And there you go. Under the light of the midnight sun, the bear used its powerful arms to claw out a bed on a small iceberg before drifting off to sleep. Really cool. cool. So this is the People's Choice Award, Wildlife Photographer of the Year. And it, it was one of about 50,000 entries from 95 different countries. That's a pretty big pool to be selected from. <clears throat> they say this photograph has stirred strong emotions in man of those who have seen it. Uh, while climate change is the biggest challenge we face, the photographer says, I hope this photograph also inspires hope that there is still time to fix this mess that we have created. Oh. It is on display in the uh, museum there for the wildlife photographer of the year through june 30th it will be on display i believe in i'm not sure exactly where the museum is to be honest Hmm. yeah don't know major minor detail oh it's the natural history museum i'm not sure where (laughs) you know one of them whatever (laughs) but we see the picture here and it's beautiful beautiful Um, they do this all the time the polar bears apparently they they dig themselves spots to sleep in they call them day not they the polar bears but we we refer to them as day beds so this is according to polar bear scientists they're also known to take one to two hour long naps especially after they eat a good meal they dig eat a meal dig a a a day bed and take a little snooze it's the natural history museum in london thank you there you go um, let's shoot across the pond uh, to this story. This is in uh, Marion County. Do you know where Marion County is? Mm, is that Georgia? Florida. Flor- oh, Florida. So, so I'm a day early. <laughs> um, this horse, firefighters in Florida used a length of hose to rescue a horse that walked out into a pond and became stuck. Marion County Fire Rescue said in a Facebook post that crews from Weirsdale Station Number 29 responded to a 911 call about a horse stuck in a pond. The firefighters arrived to find the horse cold and weak, unable to move from its position at about four feet of water. Firefighters were able to secure a boat and make their way out to the horse. 
uh, utilizing their ingenuity and a bit of fire hose, crews were able to free the horse. Photos from the rescue show firefighters trying tying the hose around the horse's body so it could be pulled free from the muck. The horse was quickly brought to land and cared for by concerned citizens until the owner could be located. Um, but look at this poor horse got the horse out oh, of the. Oh, I'm so glad they saved her. And um, glad it was in an area without crocs. Yeah. Alligators. Um, this not such a happy story over here. This woman traveled from Kenya to Ireland. Okay. That sounds good. Packs her suitcase up, heads to Ireland. And what she found inside of her suitcase. No. She un uh, undoes Mark Thompson's her luggage? <laughs> no, it should be Mark Thompson's luggage. No, it wasn't. Uh -huh. It was after this woman unpacked her suitcase, she left and she had left her bag in the bedroom for quite a while. And finally, you know, sometimes you just don't have the gumption to unpack your suitcase. Yeah, yeah. She moved her bag two weeks later. So it takes her a couple weeks to get to it. And inside is a Fisher's fat tailed scorpion right nope. underneath the suitcase. Nope. No, no, no. <laughs> The house the woman lives in in Ireland has underfloor heating, so apparently the scorpion was nice and toasty warm on the floor, didn't need to <laughs> venture out and move anywhere else. He's like, I um, just need a Guinness shot of Jameson, I'm good. Uh, this type of scorpion isn't leaf usually lethally dangerous, but its venom can cause breathing difficulties, severe pain, and Close some enough. swelling. Apparently, it wouldn't be fatal if you got a sting, but it wouldn't feel very good either. Yeah, yeah. So this scorpion is headed to the National Reptile Zoo in County Kilkenny because they had to come out and get the scorpion. Can you imagine, though, like you you go all the way from Kenya to Ireland and this thing stows away in your in your luggage or on your suitcase? Yeah. I mean, hanging I, on. I like wildlife, oh. but I, in that moment, I'd be like, burn it, burn it with fire. Burn it with ball. Get me out of here. I'm not unpacking the rest of that suitcase. Somebody else with very thick gloves can go and shake out every single piece of clothing in that suitcase. And it got Ooh. through security. Sketchy. With that uh, lethal or semi-lethal weapon. Um, uh. here's, a, here's a story about another monster. A monster caught in suburban lake shatters record. See the world's longest goldfish. That's a An goldfish? enormous golden huh. orange fish torpedoed through the waters of a suburban lake in Australia Suddenly, it was corralled into a net and yanked out of the water. On the other side of the net was Delana Harith, a bio biologist um, who catches fish from this lake as part of her uh, part of his efforts to restore wetlands in Perth. Uh, so that would be on the um, on the west coast of Aust Australia. Uh, when Harith examined the more than 100 fish he had caught from the Blue Lake Park in June Dollop, they have hmm. some interesting named uh, locations there in Australia. He noticed something particularly uh, unusual. It was the huge goldfish that we see on the screen here. The catch turned out to be what is now considered the world's longest goldfish, wow. according to the press release. Experts were surprised by the remarkable and fascinating catch. The discovery sheds light on the hidden wonders within our own backyard. And the record-breaking goldfish has captured the attention of both the scientific community and local residents alike. Um, the catch measured uh, just over 20 inches long, which is nearly two inches longer than the previous world record set in 2003 in the Netherlands. He was a monster, he told Nine News. The lake offers a lot of food resources and ample amount of space for goldfish that are often dumped by their owners who no longer want them. Despite the fish's record-breaking length, the catch will not make any record books because it was already euthanized. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Uh, Australia has a problem with goldfish in urban lakes. 
where they often function as an apex predator by eating tadpoles and native fish. They create issues in lakes because they eat all the plants. They mobilize the phosphorus, which contributes to algae blooms. And then they pass diseases onto the native fish. So... Uh, I guess they couldn't. They can't. Uh, they can't stay. They even can't eat stay each here. other. If you've ever had goldfish, they'll eat one goldfish will eat the other. Yeah. Yeah. My my sister had goldfish, and the one nibbled off the fins of the other one, and then yeah. and then finally the the remaining fish like committed <laughs> committed suicide, jumped out oh, of the tank. Oh no! Um, <laughs> Happy Thursday. Bad news. My best friend <laughs> had a goldfish for a long time. They wanted at a fair, and it, this thing lived for like years and years and um they named it bait (laughs) but bait had a good life living on the kitchen counter so i don't know all right you know we have often these traffic accidents and the worst ones if you're a traffic reporter are the ones where the porta potty spills right with the bay area's best traffic coverage kim McAllister, kgl radio news thank you perfect timing (laughs) <laughs> Other times you have stuff that, you know, will spill. There's a tomato spill on the freeway. We've had wine spills here in the North Bay. This is an interesting one. This is an overturned truck covering a highway in Dr. Pepper and 7-Up. Yeah, wow. baby. You can't really see it back there, but yeah, there it is. Uh, <laughs> this this happened on a Nevada highway. A, a truck overturned and covered the roadway in cans and bottles of Dr. Pepper and 7-Up. Nevada State Police say this truck overturned on Interstate 80 between Mogul and Garson in the Reno area. The crates um, that it ended up spilling were loaded with cans and bottles of Dr. Pepper and 7-Up. No injuries reported because of this um, from either the crash or the ensuing spill, but both directions had to be closed to one lane only. Um, there were a couple other minor accidents because of this one, but nobody got hurt. So that's the good part. And that's a, quite a sight when you're passing by, right? Yeah, I I'd guess rather have one like this than live animals. Like there was a lot of chicken spills yeah. where you have chickens all over the road. This so is a much better do situation. Do they try to salvage as much as they can or do they have to waste it all, I wonder? I don't, I mean, they they pick it all up, but I don't think they salvage it unless it's still in, encased in its boxes. Yeah, or send yeah. it to grocery outlet bargain market. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least you get the recycling off of it. Sure I've seen beer, the beer uh, truck spill as well. And you see cases of like Budweiser right. or something all over the road. Yeah. Yeah. What a um, mess to clear up, though. Yikes. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of a lot, a social sports book app or there's multiple sports like sports apps. They're mm-hmm. called social sports book apps. They're luring young fans and raising alarms. In the days leading up to a kickoff, users in Fleef, uh, a popular mobile gaming app, placed more than 200,000, quote, bets on last weekend's NFL Conference Championship games. They bet on Patrick Mahomes throwing for at least 420 yards, Christian McCaffrey scoring the first first touchdown, and usual array of money line, point spread, and over-under offerings, right? They did it in many cases without verifying their age or even spending a dollar. That's because Fleef is not a traditional online sports book. It's a social sports book and a pillar... And a pillar of its business model involved, involves users making bets with, quote, virtual currency. How that do has you enabled get the Fleef, virtual currency? Yeah, that, that has enabled Fleef and apps like it to operate with little interference from state and federal authorities that regulate sports betting, despite being marketed in some places as suitable for ages 13 and up and easily downloaded by even younger users. The apps advocate, advocates warn can essentially groom underage people training them to gamble at ages when they are more susceptible to addiction 
And though the apps oh, are no. mostly played using virtual money, Fleef and some like it allow users to make in-app purchases with a credit card and wager actual money. Uh-oh. Fleef claims it functions as a legal sweepstakes con- contest, not a sports betting enterprise, a distinction that troubles many stakeholders in the industry. Um, the people with gambling problems who are vulnerable to gambling problems and especially youth can develop these issues based on usage of the apps, according to the executive director of the National Council on Problem Gambling. Fleef launched in 2019, shortly after the Supreme Court struck down the federal law that banned sports wagering in most of the United States. And as gambling operators rush to the market and as state regulators focus their attention on traditional sports book, quasi-gambling companies sprang up in the shadows. They include mm-hmm. social sports books such as Fleef, that's F-L-I-F-F, and daily fantasy apps, including Underdog Fantasy, Dabble, and Prize Picks, which say they are sweepstakes contests or fantasy games not subject to the regulatory or cost hurdles faced by sports books. Um, yeah, this is, yeah. you know, ways to get around these rules. That sucks. Yeah. So unlike your traditional sports books, these apps can take money from users in states where sports betting is illegal, such as California. Mm-hmm. And in states where it is legal, these platforms avoid taxes levied on gambling revenue, which is... Oh. Um, can top 50% in some states. Yeah. So. Boy, they're they're just getting away with everything there, aren't they? Wah, no. wah, wah. Well, we know women are waiting longer in many women are waiting longer to have babies if they decide to have them. That's a gamble. Um, in Oklahoma, researchers are looking at ways to help women get pregnant later in life. Interesting. By the way, while you're here, if you could click the like button for us, and if you haven't clicked subscribe, please do that as well. Now that we're all here, present and accounted for, we appreciate it. But yes, so this is going on in Oklahoma. Biologists at the Oklahoma Medical Research Foundation are looking at some new clues as to why women in their 30s struggled more to get pregnant. And researchers think it could have something to do with immune cells and inflammation. They say we don't know if the cells around the egg are becoming inflamed, which is in turn driving the promotion of a certain type of immune cells, or if the immune cells are coming into the ovary with advanced age, and that is what's driving the inflammation. But um, that's what they're looking at, is whether there's some type of immune response or inflammation that is getting in the way of fertility. We know that menopause is the end of infertility but a lot of people find women's ovaries begin to age long before that around 35 years old they say is when things start really going downhill when the eggs oh. start cracking just, that's when it happens. Just men in general what now that's just the age things start going downhill in general. yeah 35 that's when the age when <laughs> that's, that's the age when that's the, your when you, your your fertility starts dropping off, right? Yeah. In 2020, nearly 19% of all pregnancies were women 35 and older. In the late 30s, embryo loss has increased a lot. The goal would be to understand why this is happening so fast and what can be done. So maybe um, they can reduce adverse pregnancy outcomes and slow down aging overall when it comes to the reproductive aging and aging throughout the whole body they say if we can delay aging in the ovary then the goal would be to delay systematic aging because then we can put off diseases that reduce the quality of life but are also costly from an economic system the question is i guess do we want to tamper and i know women are having babies later on women are often freezing their eggs if they you know want to have a career first and they don't want to worry about possible fertility struggles later on this by the way said as someone who had fertility struggles okay and i 
and I want people to be Did able you have to the have freezer bag their children. You yeah, the, the, yeah, I had my eggs frozen. Absolutely. But I wonder if we're pushing it too late. When you start talking about um, preserving, you know, aging, changing the way our ovaries age, yeah. is there a reason that we're supposed to have babies earlier in life? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have fertility help. And I'm not saying that maybe studying this type of thing isn't important or valuable to find out if maybe, you know, as they say, not only to help fertility, but also other types of disease, if you can preserve ovaries or help the aging of the reproductive system, because all kinds of cancers happen, all kinds of other things, right? But I just wonder, like, should we be 55 and have a newborn? I don't think so. And I think, I mean, based on everything else we hear about the the, the age being a factor, it does, mm -hmm. it sounds like the chances of having birth defects or other problems probably goes through the roof, right? Well, I mean, I don't know if they manage to figure out what keeps, you know, part of that, as you get older, your risks for certain types of diseases yeah. or birth defects, you know, for your child increase. Yeah. And that that's may the ethical be, question if you, yeah. if you're doing it on purpose, aren't but, you kind of, you're increasing the, the chance well, that risk and maybe child... but not if they make it, make it so that your ovaries don't age or your eggs don't have that aging interest or it problem. It has a very right? like um, Frankenstein like vibe. Doesn't it? it? It does a little bit. Yeah. It feels like something else. Like so a whack-a-mole. Had... Like you get rid of one problem, probably another problem's going to pop up. It just doesn't sound, doesn't I sound had... natural. I had, <laughs> sound Jacob at the, I had Jacob at the age of 43. That's pretty wow. old. I would say that's, that's like cusp, right? What now? Isn't that the cusp? Like that, that it's the cusp for me because I don't think my I mean, body general, could have handled women, it any further for, after than that. I mean, women in general, isn't that kind of the well, no, because I've known women who've had babies at 48 naturally. Um, no, with, with no. medical help, we know, right. you know, the people too, that have had babies right. at 48. And so it happens and they're wonderful mothers and the kids, but turn I think out it's great. different. Like right when you're on the cusp, I think that's different than like, yeah. you know, 55, 60 or whatever. Yeah. Wasn't there some grandma who like gave birth there to her? was. Her and you just wonder like, <laughs> are you going to live to see that baby into adulthood? You know, are you going to live to see that child? Just this conversation mm. is draining all the energy from me. I can't even imagine like having the energy at that age. <laughs> well, I don't want to drain your energy. I'm sorry. Oh. No, but no, I mean like, yeah. I don't, how are you going to run around and take care of kids at that age? It's very difficult. At 43, it was difficult when Jacob started running. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. definitely I wasn't quick enough, as quick as I would have been in my 20s to capture that right. kid. Well, legally, uh, legally, well, legally too. I'm glad that you had a team of two, though. So you had two trackers exactly. to hunt them down. <laughs> well, um, from fertility to bears on crack. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of tracking, uh, that's tracking whack. bears. A Florida, <laughs> wiggity, wiggity, wiggity. A Florida lawmaker wants the state of Florida to uh, uh, enact a stand your ground style law against a scourge of what he describes as bears that are on crack, kicking people's doors down in the middle of the night. This could have been on uh, Friday, Fabulous Florida. At a hearing last week held by the House Infrastructure Strategies Committee, Republican State Representative Jason Schof urged his colleagues to pass House Bill 87, which would allow Floridians to shoot bears. That's not good. If they fear an imminent threat of death or serious bodily injury, uh, the bill titled Taking of Bears... Uh, introduced last September. Uh, according to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, black bears are the only species of bear found in Florida. 
Um, except didn't we didn't weren't there bears like visiting from Alaska the other yeah. day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this bear this bill is not about bears. He told the committee last week. Bears are cute and cuddly with an amazing uh, and an amazing creature. Those aren't the bears we're talking about. We're talking about the ones that are on crack. They break your door down and they're standing in your living room, growling and tearing your house apart. Uh, so when you run into one of these crack bears, you should be able to shoot it. Period. Adding that the bears have become a major problem in the Panhandle. I'm sorry, but they want to criminalize bears that are doing crack. You know who can get away without being uh, without being uh, indicted or uh, or uh, arrested? The white bears oh. because they do they do <laughs> cocaine, right? Versus crack, get it? Crack oh, versus cocaine. You don't yeah. have the same sentencing guidelines, no, and that's of um, that's different. a racial disparity that needs to be solved. Oh, that's funny. I'm looking Did at you, Coca Cola bears. He really said bears on crack. Yeah, he said bears on crack. So they want to wow. go after the bears on crack. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, by the way, Mama Day Three Boys says, I'll be 42 in a couple weeks and I have a six-month-old. Wow. You're along my lines. Yeah, I was 43 and uh, and had a newborn. So, But I would argue, Much Mama respect. Day Three Boys. That sounds exhausting. You probably feel like this is pro- the, uh, you know, maybe you don't. I don't know. I felt personally like I couldn't have gone pa- much past 43. Like that was kind of the edge of my my moment. But I'm glad that you got your your baby. That's awesome. Um, oh, and then we have uh, congratulations. Yeah, I love to think of you sitting there with your little new newborn baby. That's so sweet. Watch out for the crack bears. Here's the story I was talking about earlier. This is this new electric vehicle design. Okay. And cool. it's a vehicle that has no rear window. Wait, what? I don't know how I feel about this. Mm. Swedish automaker Polestar has now started taking orders for the world's first mass market car to have no back window. It is a five-door electric SUV coupe that has now gone on sale in Europe and Australia after its Chinese launch last year. They say it's a design feature. It doesn't need a rear window. Why? It has cameras. There's no reason. It has a roof-mounted rear camera that now provides a more reliable picture than a rear-view mirror in a coupe. So Until normally, a bird poops on it. <laughs> or something. Or it breaks. Or someone, you know, it's something snaps off i don't know but they say normally you need to provide a good rear view with the uh inner rear view mirror so that you know you can look back and see out whatever we've realized the technology has reached a point where you can switch out the physical mirror with a digital display and an hd camera eliminating the rear view of the rear window opened up a number of design opportunities according to the folks that designed the car it allowed them to create a particularly smooth roof line on the exterior of the car and stretch the glass roof beyond the occupants heads while making room for extremely spacious reclining rear seats on the in the interior it's a new kind of immersive rear occupant experience, they say, where passengers are cocooned away from the world and able to take calls, enjoy the entertainment system, or bask in ambient lighting with settings inspired by the planets of the solar systems. There's still a rearview mirror that drivers can use to view the rear passengers. 
not outside. They just need to deactivate the real-time feed from the camera, apparently, to do it. So Polestar is positioning its fourth vehicle between the Polestar wait, 2 wait. and the Polestar There's 3. There's still a rear-view mirror that will show out the back? If they deactivate That's what they the screen? say that the there is a rear view mirror the driver can use to view the rear passengers. But in order to right, do that, there's no window. Uh-uh. You need to deactivate the real-time feed from the camera. Oh, so the the rear view mirror is showing it's a screen normally. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So what happens when you're parked in the parking lot mm-hmm. and the camera malfunctions and you need to back out? You are SOL. That's my whole gotta, point with the story. It's like, get, what are you thinking? You got to kick one of your passengers out of their luxurious <laughs> back seats and say, yeah. okay, you got to, I don't know. This is just like technology Plus, I, that's I, ready to break. I get that the there's a lovely sunroof that now stretches farther. And so yeah. it doesn't feel like you're locked in. But yeah. it just seems like there's certain things I'm used to doing and looking yeah. out the back window is one of them. And what if there's a cop behind you and the the cameras malfunctioning i don't know it's just weird this like something that should be regulated because it impacts other people um yeah i don't know the interior of the polestar based the design around the theme soft tech and they look to fashion and sportswear as inspiration so it's recycled plastic that covers the dashboard um together with the swedish school of textiles it's meant to minimize waste and the dashboard can be customized in traced leather as well. They also um, say that they are making recycling easier by implementing a mono-material approach. They're all trying to make a, a climate-neutral car. They aim to do it by 2030, um, but they said that's a moonshot goal. We'll see how we do. This sounds um, very apple uh, like Luis is saying, uh, luxury over safety. So American, if, it reminds me of Apple where it's like form over function. Yeah. You know, the, the big complaint with the Android and you know, the tech nerds was like, oh, they just care about the aesthetic of the iPhone. They don't, you know, they're not, you know, adding the features that, mm-hmm. you know, the other phones have. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think this is a case where I think safety should have precedence. And um, I think so, too. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just I'm you know, resistant to change and it's something different and I'm not used to it yet. That could be, but I just, I don't know. Give me a rear view mirror. I'll take a rear view mirror. I I will. And I'll take a back window. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Please. And thank you. Um, Okay. Let's uh, leave uh, Sweden and uh, Mm -hmm. head to Italy. Italy uh, takes aim at tourists with Airbnb crackdown and loudspeaker bans. According to the United Nations World Tourism Organization, did you know there was a UN World Tourism Organization? No, but Uh, I like it. Not just a WHO, there's a WTO. In 2022, nearly 50 million people visited Italy and nearly one for one match on the nation's total population of locals. Wow. As a result, Italy has strengthened its stance on um, over tourism with new entry fees and group size restrictions in Venice for 2024 being the latest in a slew of new regulations. Additionally, a few recent events have led the European nation to propose policies to combat transgressions by ill-behaved visitors. Take, for example, in 2023, when a tourist took a swim in the centuries-old Trevi Fountain. Remember we covered that? One of Rome's most iconic sites. The occurrence was so dramatic that local officials contemplated limiting access to the monument. However, like previous calls to erect a glass barrier around the foundation to protect the uh, protect it from unruly travelers. This notion was shut down after experts said it would impede the view of the fountain. And uh, one expert telling La Repubblica, 
that the idea was really silly. Just around the corner at the Spanish Steps, though, officials enacted a rule back in 2019 stating that neither locals nor tourists can sit on the steps, even for a photo opportunity. If caught taking a seat, tourists risk a fine of 250 euros. Wow. So that's around $250. But it, it's not just bad behavior in Italy that uh, it's contending with. It's sheer over-tourism. When I first moved to Rome, I couldn't wrap my mind around the number of tourists wandering the streets regardless of the time of day. But when the high season finished, the number of tourists didn't change, said Victoria Caturna, uh, a communication specialist who's been living in Rome for nearly two years. In October, reality kicked in harshly. I realized that there is no such thing as off-season in Italy. People come to the country regardless of the month of the year, thanks to good weather. Um, and But, you know, in fact, uh, tourism accounts for more than... 10% of Italy's GDP, with um, one out of nine jobs in the country coming from hospitality. Nonetheless, over-tourism is a problem in Italy. For uh, instance, the sidewalks in Rome are very narrow, so with so many tourists, it's impossible to walk comfortably in the streets. Another challenging thing is public transportation. People are squished into buses and metro trains, uh, like sardines in a can, and, and uh, she said, don't even get me started on the litter problem. So... Mm. Yeah, I think countries around the world are going to have to deal with this, right? It's just like over tourism and yeah. um, trying to limit things and uh, keep keep order. Well, we're staying in Italy for this one because there is a new push to put hydrogen refueling stations in at marinas in Italy. And mm. so they've created 100 refueling stations in Italian marinas for energy company Nat Power. They are said to be the world's first green hydrogen refueling infrastructure areas. They're designed to be used by recreational boats. These refueling stations designed by Zaha Hadid Architects supply green hydrogen, which is a type of hydrogen produced using renewable energy. Now, the first one is set to be installed this summer. A hundred are planned to be built in 25 Italian marinas and port by 2030, all funded by a 100 million euro investment led by Nat Power, which is part of energy company Nat Power, they call it all. Um, it's interesting. They're kind of futuristic looking and I don't know. It looks like the future has arrived when you roll up in your boat to one of these yeah, things. Cool. Yeah, they... Um, they encourage the adoption of boats powered by green hydrogen for short trips. Hydrogen can be used to generate electrical power in a fuel cell emitting only warm vapor and warm air, unlike polluting combustion engines. So installing the infrastructure to deliver green hydrogen is a way for Nat Power, they say, to create a network of, su of sustainable energy hubs in all major Italian marinas and establish an ideal condition to facilitate the ongoing development and use of hydrogen-powered vessels. Oh, I think it's something we need to do more of here in America. We've kind of, you know, put all of our eggs in the electric vehicle basket, and we don't pay enough attention to hydrogen. hydrogen. But um, they're going to build these things with eight curved bays made from 3D printed concrete blocks with layered composition designed to echo geometrics found in marine life. That's why it looks like that. According to the studio, the 50 uh, square meter stations will be fully recyclable and built from dry assembled sections to minimize construction waste. So they're doing it all in very environmentally friendly is what they're saying. Um, Interesting. I, what they say is that the um, the latest innovations in construction techniques 
combined with the historic engineering developed through the Mediterranean by the Romans more than 2,000 years ago, have all combined together to advance circular building technologies. And so that is uh, one of the ways they are committing to an ecologically responsible future. Cool. Um, It's a complex issue. Um, We had an expert on hydrogen um, cars um, on the morning show with Nikki. I remember it, yeah. Yeah, and one of the things they talked about is that we're just not there yet. Mm -hmm. So a lot has to be done. Infrastructure, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's it's not affordable and it won't be affordable until there's enough infrastructure Mm -hmm. so that people can go from place to place, right? And it's not really feasible unless there are stations all over the place, right? But how do you get the those installed, right? So I think it's gonna have to be a subsidy thing. But they said they're also they're working through the technology. It's just not it's not there yet. But it's promising and that's cool. You know what else is promising? Mm. A break. Oh, okay. Because it promises a second half of the show. Are you it ready for It always catches me off guard. I'll tell you. When we come back, we'll talk about how do you do something called loud budgeting. We'll do that. And yesterday we talked about nose picking leading mm-hmm. to Alzheimer's. Well, today, mm-hmm. maybe Viagra could have the opposite effect. Well, oh. you don't know. We'll talk uh, about that and much more in just a few moments when the After Party Live continues. And now a moment with our fan favorite. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. For a dollar a day, you could help feed a very moody three-year-old cat with a taste for turkey and chicken. Every day across this world, cats go 30 minutes without food and don't know where to turn. Any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Thank you for your consideration. Are you hungry? You want food? A party where you don't even have to leave the house. You could be naked for all we care. The After Party, live. Huge thank you to not only to Archie, but also to our ongoing contributors, including Carrie Q and DL, as well as our ongoing contributor, Susan D. Thank you yeah, guys so very much. Yeah, new contributors, Carrie Q yeah. and DL. Thank you so much. Yeah. Ongoing uh, contributor, Susan D. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate that. I know you um, mentioned this story on uh, Mark's show, but um, I think it's just kind of sad that um, La Tortilla, you know, the tortilla brand. Yeah is shutting down in santa rosa um, they've been so going kind of, for about 50 years yeah and um yeah. i actually didn't realize la tortilla was in santa rosa uh, but after five decades it's it's no longer going to be there and they're, they're closing down flagship food groups yeah. which owns a large stake in la tortilla factory shared a statement indicating that the plant will relocate to kansas santa rosa factory is expected to close on march 31st the group doesn't own the santa rosa site and the prohibitive land acquisition costs in the area we're deciding factors in the move, according to a statement. It's just kind of sad that so many things are, yeah. you know, closing and just, you know, going away and everything's more expensive and uh, sad. It really is sad. I, I used to know a man that worked there and he always had... Did you get free um, tortillas? I did. He used to yeah. have little coupons for free tortillas. He would give yeah, them away. Baby. Like, you know, you turn them in at the store. He was really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. They're very cool. Um, I'm sad to see them move, but I guess they were purchased by a company in the Midwest and they're moving the whole thing to Kansas. Yeah. So sucks for us. Well, we're going to have to tighten our belts, especially if you worked for La Tortilla. There's something called loud budgeting. 
Have you heard about this? No, I haven't, Kim. <laughs> it's going viral on TikTok. Apparently loud budgeting. That's why a... I haven't heard about it. <laughs> it's a financial strategy where you share your money aspirations directly and not so quietly with the people in your life. Okay? What? It's a public commitment. Loud budgeting centers around the idea of telling others why you're choosing not to spend money on something and being transparent about the reason you're saving. So if you said, hey, Kim, do you want to meet me for dinner tonight? And I would say, in a very loud voice, no, John, I don't think I can because I'm saving money for new floors. Or whatever. I'm putting money like away from my, my kids' college education. Sounds like an SNG commercial. <laughs> There's no taxes. That's this horrible. Oh, they say until now, we usually saw people flaunting their money on social media rather than flaunting their financial struggles. Loud budgeting suggests you should speak up about your financial situation and make spending decisions that support your goals and match your current budget and needs. It is making a socially acceptable, making it socially acceptable to use your financial struggles as a reason to opt out of certain gatherings, trips, or group gifts by saying, listen, I got a problem. I got to fix it. You know, sometimes they say if you are setting That's a, a goal, drop right there, what? I have a Some, problem. I, I have need a to problem. fix it. Sometimes they say if you are setting a goal for yourself, and that could be having a better diet, going on an exercise program. It could be, uh, I don't know, overcoming addiction. What, whatever it is that if you say it publicly, it somehow makes you publicly accountable. Like if more people know that this is going on with you, then some somehow you feel more obligated to complete what you want to do. And I think that's kind of also behind this loud budgeting, where if you say it out loud, then, you know, t and here's what, what one financial advisor says that telling others why you're choosing not to spend money on something can both hold you accountable and provide positive reinforcement from other loud budgeters who are doing the same thing. Why don't you just keep it with your friends? Uh, mm. You know, um, you don't have to publicize everything. Why do, why do people feel at least, why do why these does, kids feel like they need to televise and overshare everything? I why think does Al everybody Anonymous need to know your business? Al Anonymous is thinking the same thing. Kids these days making everything out of nothing. Yeah. Common sense opinions are breaking headlines and trendy these days. You know yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know yeah. what? You can go to the gym without posting a photo of it, right? You can uh, make a budget without telling everybody. And, you know, if you need that support, uh, maybe you tell your, your family that you're going to do something or your friends, but you, you could text them. You don't have to put it out in the public. Well, this financial advisor says that loud budgeting offers a sense of camaraderie, and that really is applicable to everything else, that makes it easier to say no to activities and expenses that don't fit into your budget. But it's that sense of camaraderie where, you know, you post a picture of yourself going to the gym or you post a picture of your meal or whatever it is, and then, you know, other people kind of say, oh, me too, I'm doing this too, or whatever. And no, there's that's this not sense what people of, are thinking when they see your yeah. 50th photo uh, posting at the gym they're thinking like we get it you go we to the get gym. it we know what you're doing i go to the gym and guess what i've, I've never posted that i've gone to the gym um this is the first <laughs> this is breaking news um what uh, does this Louis mean says, amsr yeah that's like the you know uh making sounds like this oh that's type of therapy thing yeah yeah now um <laughs> ams uh ams uh amsr now this crap thanks a lot millennials um <laughs> Yeah. Oh, 
Or it's ASM, ASMR. ASMR. Yeah. Um, we have to stop and thank Luis for $5. Go, Luis! Archie. Luis. Thank you, Luis. And uh, uh, Karen, thank goodness. It's Archie. Yay, $2. Yay. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Uh, Luis saying, uh, oh, my God, John, every time there's got to be an Archie bump when that runs. There is an Archie bump. Thank mm, you. A little Archie bump. We Sometimes, need it. Trust me. Yeah, that's all the yeah. difference. All the difference in the, the show's budget uh, comes from our, the Archie bump. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe you need a bump of something else. Ooh-hoo. Viagra is best known for helping erectile dysfunction, allegedly. Good but morning. the latest research shows <laughs> it might also lower the risk of Alzheimer's disease. Wow, so many Why? things are related to Alzheimer's. Is that because it kind of gets your blood flowing, right? I don't get know. Your blood pumping. Wait, I don't know. Let me uh, let me talk to my doctor. Uh, Viagra. <laughs> I forgot. What is this? What is this story about? Viagra belongs to a group of drugs known as phosphodiesterase type five inhibitors, which work by relaxing blood vessels and increasing blood flow in the penis. In the study published in Neurology, researchers found that the drugs were also associated with a lower risk of Alzheimer's disease. Uh, I realize this is the after party, not the Mark Thompson show, so I could actually say the word. <laughs> Do you know that on KGO, um, Mark actually designated me to say the word penis? Really? Because he wouldn't say it. Why? Because he's proper. He proper. won't say the it's word fart dead. either. So he wouldn't say it. So there was a day where I just, I, I was like, penis, 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 penis. And I never thought... <laughs> I would do that on KGO, but it was worth it. But you did. I had yeah. my moment. It was funny. Uh, the study analyzed the health records of nearly 270,000 men in the UK who were diagnosed with uh, ED from 2000 to 2017. The researchers compared race of Alzheimer's disease among men who had been prescribed drugs to treat erectile dysfunction, um, the generic Viagra for the most part, to the among men who had not been prescribed, uh, comparing that to the men who had not been prescribe the drugs right in the uk lifestyle changes are the first line of treatment for the condition and if those are not effective then doctors prescribe medication um in uh 2018 after the participants were enrolled the uh, generic uh, form of viagra became available without prescription at pharmacies oh interesting um men who were prescribed a medication had an 18 percent lower risk of having alzheimer's than those who are not the reduction wow. was greater among men who got 20 or more prescriptions over the study's five-year follow-up period we did not have strong expectations and we're thinking that surely there was no direct evidence between these drugs and the reduced risk, but we def- definitely found a protective uh, effect, according to a lecturer at the University of College, uh, University College of London's School of Pharmacy. Uh, we feel these are excellent candidates for drug repurposing for Alzheimer's. So that's kind of interesting. Cool. Why yeah. are you on Vi- Viagra? Oh, it's just for Alzheimer's reasons. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember to take your uh, your blue pill? <laughs> you know what I love? I loved the Moana movie, the Disney movie, yeah. movie Moana. So beautiful. And now we hear... From Hard-Ons to Moana. From Hard-Ons to Moana. <laughs> Something's to wrong with that. What's going on with this show? Um, mm-hmm. Surprise Moana sequel is hitting theaters in November. So... Um, I, I don't know. I love the first movie. The music is beautiful. The scenery is beautiful. You know, I love all things tropical and Hawaii. And I'm excited about this one. Moana and Maui are hitting the ocean again. It's a surprise move made by Disney CEO Bob Iger announcing the company will release an animated sequel to Moana, which came out in 2016. It hits theaters November 27th. He made the announcement on an earnings call. 
in which he emphasized that the uh, ship is being righted at Disney's film and TV divisions. This after the he acknowledged several months ago the company had done a little too much too fast in order to feed Disney Plus, which right. in some cases led to lower quality projects hitting the marketplace. And that's very, not very Disney, right? Disney is all for quality. Um, but now he says, I feel great about where we are with the studio. And this is exciting. So the new sequel is separate from a live action remake of Moana that Dwayne Johnson and Abigail Barlow will star in. Um, The Moana sequel was originally developed as a TV series before they decided, no, we're just going to make it a movie. We were impressed by what we saw and we knew it deserved a theatrical release, is what Iger said. The film crossed 1 billion minutes of viewing, the original, on Disney Plus in 2023. And um, I'm excited about it. I don't know. Uh, He says the Disney is leaning a little more into sequels than franchises. It doesn't Mm. feel like that with Star Wars. But I think, I don't know, Moana is one of those movies I could watch again and again. And we do at this house. Well, isn't uh, everything Star Wars is kind of a sequel, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Everything, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of Disney, we can't forget to do our trivia. Woo! Is that coming already? Let's do it. Yeah, we got to get to it uh, because we only have like 12 minutes left. Um, Okay. And perfect segue from Moana. The category is, Kim? Disney! Disney! Sounded very Oprah there. Okay, uh, (laughs) first question. What year did Mickey Mouse make his debut? Is that the Steamboat Willie debut or the Mickey Mouse debut? This is the original, yeah, original debut. Mm, Okay. Hmm. I'm going to say... Deidre saying 1925. 1946? No, Deidre's much closer with 1925. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. All right, very good. Uh, Anonymous guessing 1921. All right. Uh, we have guesses for 1932, 1923. We're all kind of dancing around there. Yeah. It's a, little, it's a little, it's right in the middle there. I'll just give it to you. 1928. Wow. That's crazy. 1928. Um, out of all the Disney films, one main character speaks the least. Which one is it? Mm, it would be, it would have to be Pluto, right? Mm, this is a or Disney movie. Mo- the- this is a Disney movie. In a Disney movie where the the main main character speaks the least. Oh, it's probably some animal movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Mm. Dumbo. Yes, you got it. Well done. Oh. <laughs> Are you showing me your ears? Is that yeah. what was happening there? Yes, I you don't have Dumbo ears. Come on, uh, now. I did in sixth grade when my head was smaller oh. and my ears were about the same size. Um. Okay. What were Mickey Mouse's Mouse's first words in a film? <laughs> or Mickey Mouse's Oh boy. Oh boy, that tickles. You're close. Hmm. I don't know what it was. Hot dog, hot dog. Oh, hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. And the film dog. Carnival, the Carnival Kid released in 1929. Okay. In Disney's 1959 film Sleeping Beauty, Aurora is betrothed to a prince shortly after she's born. That same prince rescues her when she falls into a deep sleep. Who is Aurora's prince? What is his name? Wait, what movie is this? Sleeping Beauty. Oh, I didn't know her name was Aurora. Yeah. 
Come on, get on, get on the princess bandwagon. Uh, so the question is, what is who is he? Yeah, what's it? What's his name? Who who is our did prince? Did we do a did we do a background check on that prince? No, we didn't. We should have. It's not Eric because Eric no. comes later, right? I, I don't Eric's, know. The name. I think Eric's with the mermaid, the little mermaid. Yeah, Ariel. It's, it's one prince Aurora's per. Prince. It's one prince per. Yeah, it's not the bachelor. No. It's like one prince, one princess, right? Yeah, one yeah, prince I don't, per princess. I don't think I ever. I don't think I'd have any reason or know that name. No, I don't know. Mm. It's uh, anyone in the chat got it? Prince Charles, charming. No. Prince Philip. Yes, prince charming. yes, Prince Philip. Yes. Oh, really? So yeah. Mama got it. Yeah, of course, Mama got it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how many Oscars has Disney Pictures received? Oh, a hundred and fifty. No. Don't get crazy. <laughs> 75. Uh, lower. Really? How many Oscars has Disney Pictures received? I would have thought it would have been a lot. The, I mean, they the get nominations are lower. Than, the nominations they get an, an Oscar every year for animated mm. picture, right? Um, Maybe not every year. Uh, uh, Kathleen okay, is 55. close. Deidre's closer. Mm. The nominations, uh, Walter's close to the number of nominations, which is 59. So out of okay. 59, how many Oscars did they win? Deidre was close. What William was say? close. Uh, Reader says, what, 23? Hmm. It's 22. Okay. 22. Uh, the Handsome Prince in Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Are you only going to do prince questions? Yes. Is probably the most mysterious out of all the Disney princes. What is his name? I have no idea. Is it all going to be princes? Because then I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> it's not all going to be princes. I don't know. But you have to really have watched the movie to know I haven't. the name of Snow White's prince. Yeah. I didn't even know that it was revealed. Yes. They're just not nameless princes. They have names. Well, they the, seem kind of generic until a certain point. I mean, the history. dudes do matter. They might all look the same, but they do matter. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of diversity in the uh, prince no. or princess <laughs> arena uh, for a while. Uh, I have no White idea. dude, brown hair, blue yeah. eyes, you know. Yeah. Tall, strapping, with a nice blue sash. Uh, Mama says Florian? Yep, that's right. Wow. Well done, Mama. On her prince knowledge, she is rocking it. Wow, wow. Who did the voice of Mickey Mouse from 1928 to 1947? Oh, I don't know. From 1928 to 1947. That's a nice Who did long the voice haul. of Mickey Mouse? Oh, boy. Dieter's got it. Walt Was himself. it Walt? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Everyone knows that Cinderella lost a glass slipper as she left the ball at midnight. I know that. Did it yeah. fall off of her right foot or oh, her on. left foot? Jesus Christ. Picture her running down the palace steps. You know, I've seen that movie maybe once in my life, and I didn't know I was going to have to make a police report. Jesus Christ. Uh, Dieter said left make foot. A police report. It is her left foot. You had a 50 yeah. 50 shot there. Right, yes. So yeah, yeah Dieter, yes. Dieter got it. Okay. Um, who drew the first Mickey Mouse images in cartoons? Was it Walt? <clears throat> who drew the first Mickey Mouse images and cartoons? Do, 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 no do, idea. Do, do. Anybody know? It was not Walt Disney. 
many think he was the original artist. It was actually his best friend. Oh. I'll just give it to you. And I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. It's his first name is Ub, U-B, and last name is Iwerks. I-W-E-R-K-S. Okay. Iwerks. Ub Iwerks. Ub Iwerks. Who was responsible for designing the iconic cartoon in 1928. Cool. Yeah. Um, what is the name of the duet between Rapunzel and Flynn Rider as they sit in a boat with floating lanterns hovering around them? What's the name what, of the song they, th oh, the they song, sing? Yeah. I am not. This is not my week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. William, I'm with you. And by the way, this was Kim's Kim's idea, which is what? a good idea. I, I just, gave you so I gave you I choices. It was your and idea, you and I was about to, I was about to say before you before you chit 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 to me. It was a good Honestly. idea. Honestly, I was saying it was a good idea. It's just not my mm. category, which is okay. Mm -hmm. You know, Taylor Swift is not for me. This category is not for me. It's okay. Let's see if anybody's getting it. Hold on. How's the weather in Santa Rosa? That's not it. Uh... <laughs> No, I'm not seeing anybody get it. The name of the duet while they're sitting it's, it's, in the boat, surrounded by light, question. between Rapunzel and Fl Flynn Rider. Nope, never seen it, huh? All right. It's I See the Light. You know the song, Well, at last I see the light. You don't know that no. one? No. That's like... I don't even know if I've seen Rapunzel. Did. Oh, that's a good Was one. Was there an old Rapunzel movie or just the newer one? It was this a remake, is the, right? This is well. I'm talking about the newer one, but there was think, an original Rapunzel movie. I don't know I, if there there must have been, but I don't remember it. Because there aren't, they aren't yeah. all movies, right? Not I all the, the Disney light. stories are movies, right? At last, I see the light. I love that song. Who was Obviously. Walt Disney's? <laughs> who was Walt Disney's favorite character? Oh. Was it Pluto? No. Mm. Who was Walt Disney's favorite character? Do 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 do. I mean, was it must have been Mickey, right? Nope. I'll give it one more second. Tesla's or Al Anonymous got it first, but Tesla also got it. It's Goofy. Oh. Genie from Aladdin complained that being cooped up in a lamp gave him such a crick in his neck. How long was he in there? It was like a thousand years. No, he was not in there a thousand years. A millennium? It's more, it's more than that. Um, hmm. Deidre saying a hundred years. Mm, you, it said, was more. you said it was more than that. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Yes, Some, Mama. He was Mama's in there for 10,000 years. Mama's killing it on Disney today. Yeah. Yeah. You ain't never seen a... What was it? You ain't never seen a friend like me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, to, uh, Ron Williams was uh, brilliant in that and everything else. Before starting the Walt Disney Company, um, what did Walt uh, almost do for a living? Before starting the Walt Disney Company, what did he almost do for a living? I want to say he was a, a developer, a construction worker, but I think he was a, an architect or a draft, worked on a drafting board. No? No. No. Restaurateur? This is, 
This is a hotelier. No, this is a, a sales job oh. specific. A lot of them were door to door. Vacuum cleaner salesman. Yeah. There you oh. go. So. Which popular Disney song made its debut in the film Pinocchio? Oh, um, when I wish upon a star. When you wish upon a when star. When you wish. Close yes. enough. Right? Yeah. Close enough. I'll give you the point. Yeah. Um, oh boy. <laughs> uh, who was Walt Disney's favorite princess? Mm. Let's be fair. We don't want to be so that focusing could on the princess. Be in his lifetime, Cinderella, Snow White, Aurora. Who else? Those are the three classics, right? Am I am I missing another classic princess? I'm gonna say that he liked um, Belle from Beauty What's... and the Beast. Wrong. Oh. And you know who's right? Who? Deidre. Cinderella. Okay. And Sandy. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. What does the evil queen in Snow White say to herself in the mirror? Uh, Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Almost. Jesus Christ. Are you waiting for an answer? Yeah, waiting for an answer. Not seeing anything pop up. Sandy, um, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the so face of them all? Almost. I would have said the same thing that you guys both said, but apparently, I'll give you the answer. It is magic mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest one of all? Not okay. mirror, mirror, which might have come later in some other thing, because that's what I remember it as yeah. too. But I guess it's magic mirror on the wall. I didn't know it was going to be Disney gotcha fairest. questions. It, oh, <laughs> you know what were you taking notes no, no. um wh <laughs> where did walt disney come up with the idea of disneyland uh there's two stories one is that he was sitting in a children's fairyland in oakland and came up with the idea the other is that he was on some park bench in southern california uh, at a park and came up with the idea so yeah. I don't know which one is correct. You know, it's it's interesting because um, I think this question probably needs more research mm -hmm. um, because I heard that he visited Tivoli Gardens in Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you go there, they talk about that, of course. So I think everybody wants a piece. And, Everyone uh, has the claim to fame. It, yeah, yeah, it's a very similar type. You yeah. know, it's a park where adults and kids can play and there's, you know, recreation. But the this answer is Walt Disney was inspired while sitting on a bench watching his daughters ride on uh, Griffith Park merry-go-round in Los Angeles. He imagined yeah. a place where kids and adults could have fun together. You can still visit the exact same carousel, which is open on weekends year-round. So I'll take we the, might have to I'll do some. Uh, maybe you can do. Yeah, well, there you go. Maybe you can do some further <laughs> research and see uh, what the real deal is. Um, what was the first animated movie to be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars? Oh, that's a good question that I'm not going to have the answer to. Oh, the first animated movie to be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Hmm. Deidre's guessing Snow White. Oh, mm. I think Sandy might be right. Is it Fantasia? It is not, interestingly. Oh. Remember, it's the Best Picture nomination. As opposed to? Best Animated. It's not Best Animated. It's the Best Picture. Oh, so it's not animated. It is an animated movie, but it was nominated not in the animation category, but oh. for Best Picture. 
Oh, so are you implying that it's it's still it's still animated? Can you give us that? It is an is... animated movie. Okay. Yeah. It's not a mix of live action and animation? Because I was thinking like Mary Poppins or something like that. No. No. You know the answer? I think so. Beauty and the Beast. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, was there a, was that a remake? It has been remade and it now is a live like the action. One from the one. 90s. No, but the one from the nineties. This is the first animated movie. So it was the full animated movie. Right, but the one from the 90s is the one you're talking about. That's the first Beauty and the Beast movie? I, there might have been one sooner. I don't know. Okay. Sorry, I'm asking questions. Um, what was Mickey Mouse's original name? Steamboat Willie. Mm. Mortimer. Yeah. Mortimer Mouse. Walt Disney's wife convinced them to change it to Mickey. Mm-hmm. Um, name one actress other than Julie Andrews who was in the running for the lead role for Mary Poppins. Uh, it was either going to be Julie Andrews or it was going to be one of these two. Okay. Because I think I've heard this before, so I might recognize it if you give us choices. You said these two that you're going to give us. One of these two, yeah. Which are? Mm -mm. You're not going to give us the two? Oh, you want me to do it? Give it to you? Give it away? Well, I thought it was multiple choice. You said Uh, one of these two. um, uh, Well, you could have named either one and that would have satisfied the answer. Uh, Either Angela Lansbury or Betty Davis were also up for consideration. It didn't go to them. I heard the Angela Lansbury thing before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Did somebody somebody got it? Uh, I think Square was the first to. Get oh, Angela Lansbury. Yes, that works. Okay. Mm-hmm. When is Mickey Mouse's birthday? I don't know. I'm clueless on this. Oh boy. <laughs> Sorry, Mick. When is Mickey Mouse's birthday? Do 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 do. Dieter says every day. That would be wrong. I don't know if anyone's going to get this. So I will tell you it is November 18th. So if you want to send him a card, it is November 18th. What is the name of the city in Big Hero 6? Uh, before that, Karen. Hey, give me some credit. I got Angela first. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Karen. Sorry, Karen. Well My done. Bad. Well done. My, my bad. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the chat goes really, really fast. And I'm trying to do yeah. too many things. Um, can you repeat the question? What is the name of the city in Big Hero 6? I don't even know what that is. It's a movie. Oh, it's an animated Disney movie. Oh, and I Nick say it San because Francisco. it is San Francisco. Oh. San Francisco. So it's, oh, a, Francisco. Sm- it's a smash up between San Francisco and Tokyo. Oh, is that yeah. why they have like a bridge that's in right. California Adventure that's like yes. half Tokyo, half San Francisco? That's right. I was confused by that because mm-hmm. when I saw that, I'm like, what? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going a little long, but that's okay, right? Okay. Yeah. You don't have to pick up your prints. I do have um, to pick up my prince, but I have time. Okay. Who is the youngest princess? Mm. Like that you had all the prince questions. I have all the princess questions. I know. That's a <laughs> funny flip around. Who is the youngest princess? Moana's pretty young when we first meet her. Elsa. Elsa was pretty young. Her parents died, right? And she had to take she had to take the reins. Um, yeah, I wonder if this question came out before Moana, maybe. 
Because Moana say was she Elsa. a princess? Was Moana a princess? Um, she was like the yeah. daughter. Of the, the her chief. dad was a chief, was a prince, so, so she was a yeah. It's not Moana. Okay, is it is Elsa? Uh, no. And the first person. Let me make sure I get the first. Like, I get this correct. <laughs> it's Sandy. Sandy got it. Snow White, Snow White, sixteen years old, is what they're saying. So okay. Yeah. Who serves as Pinocchio's conscience? Uh, Jiminy Cricket? Yes, that's correct. Thank God. Um, now I'm getting it. Back to princesses. <laughs> Which Disney <laughs> princess isn't royalty? There we go. Which princess wasn't royalty? Cinderella. She that's was, all. her Her dad died on the way to make some business deal and she was married by the prince. So she married oh, into the family. I guess maybe you can... Um... Maybe there will be some contention here. Their answer oh. is different. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Their answer is Mulan. Okay. Whatever they yeah. say. We'll have to put that down as dubious. Yeah. Don't ask, don't ask questions. Who is Mufasa's trusted advisor in The Lion King? Mufasa's the father? Mm-hmm. Oh... I finally saw that movie after not seeing it for like a decade. And uh, it's like a, is it a smaller animal or like an older animal? I don't know the answer. Uh, it's oh, they're saying the old. I kind of gave it away. It's Zazu. Zazu. Oh, it's Zazu the bird. Is the advisor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Let me ask you one more then. Which Disney princess is the only one based on a real person? Mm. Is it Mulan? It is not. Hmm. Based on a real person. I don't think I'm going to get this. Oh, Pocahontas. Sandy yes. got it. That's right. Let's get uh, credit to Sandy. There you go. Um, <laughs> going to skip this question. What Disney princess uh, sings the song Colors of the Wind? Uh, <laughs> uh, my question will be which Disney movie was the highest grossing film of 1961 and features a puppy obsessed villain uh, Cruella DeVille 101 Dalmatians very good yeah are we over do we have time for more let's do two more really fast what two animal does Merida turn her mother into in the movie Brave I have no idea who Merida <gasps> is and I are never you kidding me well I gave birth to Merida basically a willful redhead um, who will do anything to uh, thwart her mother. <laughs> Merida turns her mother into what animal? Yes, everybody gets it. Mm -hmm. It is it? a bear. It is a bear. Yes, no, it I is know. a bear. She turns her mother into a bear. Uh, which Disney character was inspired by a Greek mythological hero? Hercules. There you go. You got one more question? Um. Okay. This is it. Well, I kind of already asked the question. Let's do this one. How many sisters does Ariel have? Ariel is a little mermaid. FYI. Thank, yeah, I got that one. Thank you. Um, that was during my era. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to say like three. More than this. Oh, five. Mm, does anybody get it in the chat? Uh, seven Walter comes up. Oh, mama, six. It's six. Oh, it's six. Mom what got is it. Or Walter got it. Walter got it first. Well done. And mom got it. 
What is the name of the island that Moana lives on? Um, you skipping over me? That's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I have no idea. This should be easy for everybody, except Thanks. John, who hasn't. Thanks. Your homework assignment is to watch Moana. I saw Moana once. Did you? Okay. All I remember is like uh, the rock song, like perpetually oh, okay. in my head. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody get it? It uh, is Montunui. Montunui. Yeah, I think you, uh, because you love uh, everything uh, South Pacific. Tropical. You, uh, yeah. yeah. You remember. Okay, my last question. What are the names of Cinderella's step scissors? Step scissors. Not step scissors. Or step scissors. Oh. I don't know the name of her stepsister. What? You don't know? I don't know. Do you even call yourself a Disney fan? What up? <laughs> So you just got one of them close. I don't know yeah. their names. They're awful. All of them. Dieter's saying Drizella. It's Drizella with an I-Z, mm -hmm. but that's okay. Close enough. Mama's got it. Anastasia, Anastasia and Drizella. Mm -hmm. That's it. Uh, are we still going or are we done? That's it. We that's have it. people to thank, though. We had some contributions come in. Um, Walter with Walter. $5. Top jar, aloha. Aloha, you, my friend. This organic $5. Whenever Archie asks for food, money, my dog starts barking. <laughs> Louise, loud budgeting. That's cool. Come on, people. Let's fund this after party. Thank you so much. <laughs> we had previous contributions from Karen Cooper. Wonderful. Thank goodness it's Archie, yay. And Louise um, with the first, the second, you know, first of the two. Go, Archie. Thank you, Louise. We appreciate that. So, and then so we have nice. ongoing contributors, right, Kim? Carrie Q, DL, and Susan D. Thank you to everyone who has helped us fund the show and everyone who participated in trivia and hung out with us today on the After Party Live. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Yeah, and it'll be Friday Fabulous Florida. That's I'll right. I'll see you on the Mark Thompson Show. Uh, have a great afternoon, everybody. Bye, everybody. Have a good one. Bye, John Daly. Bye.